0: Hi, I'm Amy Anorato, and you're here with another one of our DMN one-on-one podcasts. I'm joined here today with Rich Knopke, the Chief Revenue Officer of Jelly, a programmatic advertising platform for audio and radio. It's a pleasure to have you here today, Rich.
1: It's it's great to be here. I'm a long-time podcast listener, my first podcast in general, so it's great to be talking audio here on a podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, audio is exactly the theme of what we're going to talk about today. Really, if you think about radio, it's one of the oldest mediums for communication that's out there aside from you know, print. So it's really changed with the emergence of digital and now kind of even looking forward with voice activation and you know, Amazon Alexa and, and, and Home. So I guess let's just start from the beginning. So how, how did kind of radio broadcast advertising really start out and kind of with that traditional mindset the old school way.
1: Yeah, so um, you know it, it's a hundred-year-old medium uh, that really hasn't had much change in the hundred years. Uh, we've seen um, digital come into into play in TV over the last you know sixty years or so, but radio has just really stayed the same. It's had a lot of um, uh, just regular thirty-second ads and sixty-second spots, and maybe just some voiceovers, and you know you've had Ryan Seacrest of the world sort of do their. Uh, little uh, ad insertions in, within the programming, but outside of that, there really hasn't been much change. And even from our perspective, um, from the buying perspective, from pl- planning, buying, and, and reporting, um, there hasn't been any change in 20 or 30 years, and you've seen all of you know, how digital's come about and all the different buying mechanisms uh, from programmatic to you know data on the back end and reporting radio just hasn't had any of that uh, at all. And so, you know, new players in the space like Jelly are, are here to, to help with the with planning, buying and, and even reporting.
0: Yeah, it's interesting too with with digital and one of the things that really makes that great is the accountability factors yeah. now that, that we have. You know, you can trace online, you can trace engagement and you can look at how things are viewed. So is it easier now or, or how are from a marketing perspective, from an advertising perspective, how are people looking at that from a data point of view?
1: Yeah, it, it's really interesting. I mean, we we um, we talk to both traditional buyers, we're talking to digital buyers, and we're talking to agency trading desks. And when we go talk to trading desks, it's it's really funny. I mean, we go in and we talk about some of the things that Jelly is able to provide, and they're just they can't quite get their arms wrapped around the fact that some of these things weren't already done. So with things like When your ad runs, um, traditional buyers don't get that information back until 90 days after something ran, right? Digital buyers just are sort of like, wait, you're telling me they don't know what happens in real time? And so up until Jelly, there hadn't been anybody, you know, able to do anything like that, you know, provide data, provide analytics, provide the the accountability, um, you know, in real time until now. Even other things like planning, right? You've had uh, in traditional ways. You've had you need six weeks to get a plan out. So you know, brand uh, goes to the agency and says, "Hey, I want to get something up and running. If it's not within six weeks, that plan can't get can't get bought." Um, now we're starting to see more and more of that stuff in, in real time. Let's-
0: I guess on another, if you think about the old school way of traditional radio, you have a set number of radio stations, it goes out to this mass public, so you tune in, anybody, any demographic can tune in and listen, and when you place an ad or when you're advertising on that medium, you're giving, anyone is listening. With digital (laughs) now, there's so much more diversity in the types of content that you can get into, you know, you have podcasts, you have, you know, the Spotify's and those streaming type of platforms, you can get very niche about it. Yeah. So, I guess in regards to planning that way, how do, how do marketers or advertisers kind of approach that from that level and weed out, you know, what's the best way for me to go?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, first of all, one of the reasons why um, audio is taking on this resurgence is you know, it reaches. You know, AM/FM radio still reaches ninety-three percent of the U.S. across the you know across the country, right? That's huge scale and reach. Um, it's that's one hundred eighty-eight billion minutes worth of of audio uh, AM/FM being listened to a week. You've got streaming that's at thirteen billion minutes a week. Um, there's just not that sort of fragmentation that you're seeing with, within TV where you've got, you know, the, the, the biggest players are, you know, Amazon and Netflix and they don't even do any sort of advertising. So, you know, the mass scale and reach that you have within a concentrated number of, of broadcasters is is really tremendous. Um, what you're starting to see now, you know, more of is, you know, it's, that's one to many. And what marketers want to do is have, you know, more of a one to one sort of approach. Um, and you're starting to see that, and, you know, iHeart is one of our um, supply partners. We work very closely with them. They're doing something called smart audio, and it's still one to many, but you're, the targeting capabilities that they have is, is, is pretty, you know, pretty tremendous. And then you're starting to see that more now with the streaming, where it's still early days as far as the targeting uh, is concerned, uh, if you're a marketer. Um, but they're starting to, you know, get better at their approach to, to being able to, to, to target with, with data and other, you know, opportunities. Even just back-end attribution, we're, you know, we're starting to talk to um, more third-party um, vendors to, to help with us from an attribution standpoint. You know, where is the radio working? I mean, because we have the ability in real time to look at you know, when an ad ran, we could start to see spikes in, in either foot traffic or web traffic or something like that. So these are things that just hadn't been done previously either.
0: And, and when you think about attribution that way, it's very different. It's a different medium. Yeah. Audio is completely, yeah. it's different from, you know, how many eyes view this on a website. It's, it's listenership. Yeah. So if you're moving into looking at audio that way, what kind of KPIs or benchmarks or things that you should be looking for to measure that success or setting goals?
1: Yeah, I, I still think it's uh, its still early on that, right? It's still looking at um, uh, just, you know, data um, old school and old fashioned sort of um, research. Um, and now, you know, iHeart is another one. Again, they are starting to do more attribution. We're starting to look at uh, more attribution. We're talking to our agency partners as well from a, uh, uh, from ing- by ingesting their data into our platform as well. They've, they have a ton of data that they want to see if they can um, put into the platform in order to, you know, get better results and, and do better targeting that way as well.
0: There's also, this is going to kind of the broadcast stations. Yeah. What's really interesting about that is that you can get really localized as well. Yeah. So when you think about content uh, and putting together these ads, how how much do those types of factors put into play? Like location or where someone is listening, maybe, they're, maybe they are streaming it versus maybe they're turning it on in their cars and yeah. kind of thinking about intent that way. Yeah, I
1: think that's going to get better, right? Uh, you know, there's, there's a national buy and then there are local buys and there's you know, different types of creative for, for each. But I think as we start to get better at this and as streaming becomes more prevalent, I think there's going to be more geo um, type creative and, and, uh, and just better ways to, um, to put that creative out. I also think, you know, we'll talk maybe a little bit more about voice, but the opportunity to do one-to-one marketing um, with that person in their home as they're doing their cooking and they're, you know, asking Alexa for advice or whatever. I think the opportunity to do, you know, one-to-one ad creation is going to be really interesting as well.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. I was was just going to ask you about that. As far as being local, how much more local can you get? Than right in somebody's home, yeah, and you know, with voice with voice activation, that way, it's something that's very, very new on the market. So, how do you, from from your perspective, kind of see that as an emerging trend and where it's going?
1: Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, um, last year, you know, um, any of those devices were um, the big hit seller during Christmas time, and, and uh, I think it's close to twenty percent of the market now has. Uh, an Echo or, or Google Home or anything like that, you know, already, already there. And I think that's going to continue to grow, right? And so, with that, is the opportunity to have that messaging in that one to one fashion. Um, you've got to be careful, though, right? You know, you don't want to totally disrupt the user experience. You've got to figure out what type of ad format makes most sense, how to deploy it, who's going to deploy it. Uh, and then, you know, just the privacy issues, too, um, are certainly a concern. Uh, as Can well. you
0: elaborate on that? What kind of privacy issues should companies be thinking about that yeah, way?
1: I, you know, you just hear things every once in a while about um, just maybe listening in a way that, that maybe they shouldn't. Or, I, you know, there's, um, uh, you know, the story of um, Parrot. Who I don't know if you heard this. Oh yeah, yeah. Where yeah. <laughs> they, you know, people came home and they got a long bill, whatever. And the parrot was uh, was ordering strawberries, 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 strawberry yogurt. And so, you know, just the ability for you know people to use it in ways that they probably shouldn't, including parakeets.
0: Yeah, and that that goes on to the sophistication of the technology yeah. in itself right now. Like it's still very much a work in progress. So maybe yeah. even on the the technological side for voice activation, there's still some work to go to to make that model really accessible for brands and yeah. for users. Yeah, absolutely. I guess just, you know, besides besides home, what are the other things that really get you excited or things that you're looking forward to um, in this industry today?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, I, you know, as you think about audio, it really is everywhere. I mean, in a way that's greater than TV or video, right? You, for me personally, right? Like, you know, I get out of the shower, I listen to a podcast or music. I'm commuting on my train, I'm listening to, you know, podcaster music or walking or hiking or, you know, whatever it is. It's just, it's always with us. And, you know, maybe even some people are watching TV, reading and listening to, to music at the same time. Um, so just the, you know, the every everywhere nature of of what um, streaming has to provide, I think there's still, you know, room to grow and that's why we're seeing, so much more momentum around um, audio these days. And you're starting to see Amazon's putting more time into it. Google obviously had uh, an announcement around it. Um, and I just think there's a, a better opportunity within audio because of, you know, we talked about it before we jumped on, but there's just so much other media fragmentation going on. Um, you've got digital that has challenges right now with bots and fraud and, you know, fake news and um, just the murky nature of where some of your ads run with audio. It's just, it's so it's such a clean environment and it's a perfect place for, for advertisers to be. And, um, whether that's voice or we haven't even touched on podcasting, but you know just how people are going to start to monetize podcasting in a in a bigger, broader way, I think is is really interesting too. And then of course, again, you know what are Amazon and Google and, and even Facebook? How are they going to start to think about about audio? I think it's it's just it's it's great when you know those players get in to the space because everybody starts to take notice.
0: Yeah, even with podcast too, I think it's it's interesting. Some of the it's very much I think having the potential to be. You know, brand partnership, influencer, yeah. influencer marketing. Because they have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people who have independent podcasts who really, you know, garner a strong following and, and just having that right on your phone, on the go, you can sit and listen to it yeah. on the train. Yes. You know, anything from history and science, and that was something I was talking about before, how diversified. Uh, even the podcast now, you know, if you're a marketer, yeah, this is something that you would come to and, and listen to on your train yes. in the morning. So it's about I guess, in that sense, advertisers really figuring out where they fit in that kind of niche
1: yeah that's exactly it right There's so many uh, niche opportunities for advertisers you know if you want to cooking how to you know cooking chicken, there's probably a podcast out there or if you want to learn how to you know cut your lawn better, there are just you know really uh, niche opportunities um, for listeners and then also for advertisers to, to start to think about uh, as well
0: Yeah, and I guess and this is something that going back to that old school, new school thing, do you think that, I guess, with broadcast and the traditional turning on your AM, FM radio, as far as demographics, as far as audiences, are there different things to think about? Because radio traditionally has been around for a very long time. So that Gen X, (laughs) older generations may still be really listening to it on that medium. And when you think about the digital age, that's really something that's the like millennial gen z type of emerging technology and they're going to be the demos that really adopt this moving forward so as far as when thinking about audience and demographics that way is is the traditional radio are people moving back and forth and you know you you still even have broadcast radio on streaming now so it's not just your radio correct you can listen to iheart or a lot of the traditional broadcasts Things on online.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're right. It's it's an interesting thought, and, and you know since I got to Jelly two or three months ago, I, I started to think a lot about that too. And I think you're right, right? You're seeing iHeart move some stuff to streaming, but when you still look at the the disparity in, in time spent, you know from from broadcast at 180 billion minutes a a week to streaming, which is 13 billion, it's still pretty large. Uh, and I also think we tend to think about it from we live in New York. Right, so we're not in cars, we're not doing a lot of those things. But I think outside of New York or you know wherever, I think people are still in the cars and they're listening to to radio a lot.
0: Yeah, so that that goes back to locations and understanding Correct. your markets Correct. and you know what may be different in New York. If you leave and, and go somewhere else, it could be a totally different That's right. story. If
1: so. you lived in LA and you were in your car, you know, for twelve hours a day, you might you might be listening to more more radio than than, than you think.
0: Absolutely. So there there's that research element there That's for right. for advertisers to really understand what channel or what direction they want to move into. Then.
1: Yeah. Um, and and uh, but for buyers here in New York, you know, traditional radio buyers here in New York, they're they think a lot of the same thing. So you know, maybe they're moving more of their dollars to you know, to some of the streaming efforts as, as well, or they're willing to, to test a little bit more within that.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we're right at time. So I want to thank you so much yeah. for coming in and chatting audio with me today. And for all of you listening, this is Amy Honoretto, and we will see you next week.